This is All India Radio. Life must go on. All India Radio, in collaboration with Vigyan Prasad, presents science serial Life Must Go On, based on understanding and managing sustainable development. Let's listen to episode number 47, titled Transport System in Big Cities. This is All India Radio giving you the news. This morning at peak traffic period, a young man identified as Ramashray in his late 20s was hit by a fast-moving motor car little south of Andheri flyover on the Western Express Highway in Mumbai. This crash occurred when this man tried to cross the road on the northbound traffic and a speeding car hit him. He was rushed to the trauma centre of the Municipal Corporation located at Jogeshwari. He is in the ICU with much bleeding and multiple fractures. I cannot understand why people have to drive so rashly and fast that they cannot even stop in time to prevent a crash. Poor fellow might not survive the multiple injuries he has sustained. The car must be one of those lovely looking sleek motor cars whose advertisements describe them as one with the super acceleration and high cruising speeds. Mm -hmm. God knows if he was married and had any children. I wonder how his parents would be on hearing of the accident. It is always painful either way. Wait a sec. Why do you blame his rash driving and the high speed? Perhaps this Ramashray was wrong to start with. You never know. Car drivers are not always wrong. You are right, Aditi. You might be surprised that I foresaw this accident happening. What? Ah, I was driving on the Western Express Highway on the extreme right side lane of the southbound traffic that was moving at snail space. Then? Then there was this chap, quite likely Ram Ashray, standing on the mud-filled planter median with his mobile in one hand, intermittently looking at it. And then what happened? I wondered how he will manage to cross to the west side of the highway with cars coming down the Santa Cruz flyover at high speed, one after the other in different lanes. Hmm. It was easy to understand how he might have managed to cross the five or six lanes of southbound traffic. Because every speed of southbound traffic must be around four kilometers per hour at that spot. Only four kilometers? Yes giving enough time and space for him to cross that half of the road, lane by lane, quite safely. Now I felt that he was like Abhimanyu, stuck in the Chakraview. Oh Oh my God! Retreating to east side would be unthinkable and crossing over to west side would be suicidal. Poor fellow! Yeah! But Subhash, tell me, this crash that happened, did it happen because of the high speed and rash driving or because of suicidal action of Ramashray while crossing. Well, was there some other reason too that we have not looked at? You see, Sudhir, now that you mentioned the manner Ramashray placed himself in that location, mm-hmm. he could have been wiser to walk back to the eastern side, walked to the nearest crossing and crossed the road safely. Mm-hmm. But all said and done, on a highway, speeds will be high. And at that location, I think... The road is five lane wide. Look at that side. 
He would have had to walk so much just to go across. It is so unfair to people who walk, Subhash. True, Aditi. A life is unfair. Yeah. The sooner you realize this, you will work out your life such that uh, you are never at the receiving end of this unjust society. Well, working out one's own life is one thing. However, is it not necessary to also look at unfairness that exists in the society? Mm-hmm. Making efforts to correct it is as important. Very true. Now let's look at Ramashray. Why was he crossing where he did? Why do we see so many people crossing roads at wrong places? And are these the wrong places? Why do we walk on the road? Are roads meant only for the motorized vehicles? And what is a road? There are so many questions to be raised and the answers sort of. So true, Mamtaji, mm. so true. And let me tell you, Subhash, mm. my destination is just 40 meters across the road. Now, would I walk even 100 meters to a road crossing, cross the 40 meter road safely and walk another 100 meters, making it a total of 240 meter walk in all? Mm. Are these supposedly safe crossings really safe and convenient? And besides the time element being about six times longer, the effort needed is also six times more and likelihood of much greater if one has to climb eight to ten meters of a foot over bridge. I might prefer taking risk of crossing the road right there. You're right. It is said that one meter climb of stairs is equivalent to ten meters of walk on level. And the trade-off is walk 40 meters with risk or walk and climb 400 meters to reach the same spot. It is very natural, Subhash, to avoid 10 times extra effort and time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Also, at supposedly safe crossings, motor cars block my path. They're jumping the red light, putting my life in considerable danger. That is absolutely right, Mamta. Are we surprised to see motorists driving in opposite directions or taking a U-turn at a spot where it is neither safe nor allowed? No. This is human nature to conserve energy and time. True. The only problem with this is that the pedestrian puts his life and limb at danger while generally the motorist risks a fine or damage to his vehicle which is compensated by insurance. Mm. Even when it endangers ongoing vehicles or pedestrians, the person violating basic principles of safety rarely considers this as a violation. Of course. Well, in my opinion, we are a democracy with a constitution that tells us that there shall be equality for all, taking into account the existing inequality in the society in different fields. No one shall be privileged group, being favoured over other groups. Taken as a whole, the constitution directs that efforts shall be made towards lessening the inequality. Time and convenience of the common person is equally valuable as those of affluent. Absolutely. Convenience provided for one should not be an impediment or cause of inconvenience or danger to the other. Well, even if we leave aside the highway or this particular accident, first of all, even on narrow by lanes, some drivers drive at very high speed, endangering our life and limb. Right. That's right. 
Look, the six-lane main roads, which I need to cross several times during my walk for shopping or for work, there is this planter median provided so that we pedestrians do not cross anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this provides convenience to motorists for smooth drive between those two signals. Agreed. And at signals, the time allotted to us pedestrians is barely enough to cross only half the road. Exactly. And even after doing that, we have to wait three to five minutes before getting a turn to cross the remaining half. True. Ah, with planter median, we get a little bit of refuge area. But where we have railing fence, we are left at the mercy of the motorist trying to beat the red. Yes. Well, I will say that to me, my time is precious because I am providing certain facility to my family. And I also need to reach my workplace in time. I'm a working woman. Why should I be forced to wait just to cross roads at several places on the way out and back? Why must I be forced to take a motor vehicle just to cover a walkable distance or climb a foot of a bridge? Ah, I can't understand why I have a seamless, near-level walking space. After all, infrastructure is being designed for the seamless travel to motorists. And in its absence, I do take the chances to cross half the road width using my judgment. So, I, like many, have to run across a pedestrian crossing while at the same time the cars at the signals begin to move forward. Not only blocking my way, but rush ahead even before the signal for it has turned green. Right. I am constantly putting my life and limb to danger. As a pedestrian, I am being treated unjustly. You're right, Mamta. When Anu and I go to the park for our stroll and fresh air, mm -hmm. we spend much of our time in negotiating the uneven footpaths, if any, cross the roads after waiting for unnecessary period with heart in our hands, not to speak of unbearable traffic noise. After all, we are not as quick in crossing. We barely manage 20 minutes of quality time. But Shelja, there is something good in all this. At least you guys can hold hands and walk together to the garden. Oh. How very romantic. <laughs> Ananya, not very funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I remember reading somewhere that in Mumbai, public transport carries most passengers. And all those who use public transport do walk to the bus stop or the railway station while going and also while returning. Some do take auto rickshaws or taxis. Mm. That would probably mean everyone in the city walks some distance or the other while going on work. And we do walk for various other purposes too, don't we? Yeah. Then should not the government provide good footpaths, don't you think? Yes, uh, it's right. Of course. Even courts talk of pothole-free roads. But hardly they speak of walkable footpaths. Why? Well, 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 well. Let me tell you something, Aditi. Huh? First of all, other than the national highways and roads in the union territories, roads and transports are handled by the state governments. Huh? Further down in cities, local bodies such as municipal corporations and councils handle their roads. Road construction and repairs are one of the major expenditures in the annual budgets of municipalities. There are other agencies of government such as public works departments and state road development corporations which develop new projects and maintain infrastructure built by them. 
and most of us would be surprised that a comprehensive traffic and transportation study report released by Mumbai Metropolitan Region Development Authority in 2008 revealed that nearly 44% of the population in Mumbai uses only the walking mode to work and 3.1% use bicycles only 2.8% use personal motor cars mm-hmm. these figures have changed somewhat after the decline in Mumbai's local bus service provided by municipal corporations best and more motor cars plying on roads resulting in greater road congestion and further decline in best bus services but the proportion of motor car users may not have gone beyond 4% hmm right in cities other than mega cities much larger proportions use motorized two wheelers as well as bicycles although practically everyone walks those who use only walking mode to commute in these cities is not as high as it is in mumbai you mean uh... i mean our constitution also guarantees right to life right to life does not merely means right to existence but means that it must be safe meaningful life and one lived with dignity we also have an act of parliament that spells out that universal accessibility be provided to enable persons with disability to lead a meaningful life as independently as possible with dignity yeah and i went to bangalore last deepavali ananya remember hmm? how we got stuck in a road congestion on the outer ring road yeah. in the auto rickshaw that was terrible yeah while traveling from silk board junction to esteem mall after that hebel lake my goodness the air was so bad and the journey so jerky that even amma felt sick not that we were in any better shape thank god we had left adu and ananya at home subhash i have experienced a similar situation while traveling by the auto even on the mumbai roads can you tell me why is it so i think mamta i can when we travel by auto rickshaw in an uncongested traffic mm-hmm. we feel quite fresh as there is fresh air ventilation because autos are of open construction unless the weather is very hot this ventilation makes the auto ride quite comfortable although noisy and on a bad road bumpy too now i get it however the scenario is quite the opposite when we travel by auto in a congested traffic on congested roads the exhaust from motor vehicles carries some not fully burnt hydrocarbons like petrol or diesel and also has considerable carbon monoxide hmm concentration of carbon monoxide can make one go dizzy and too much of it could be fatal and many times the auto halts adjacent to the exhaust of a bus or a truck whose outlet is usually directed to the offside and invariably into the small shelter of the autos where passengers sit that is right the auto driver normally moves ahead to avoid the direct blast on himself as he feels the exhaust personally but the polluted air it does enter the passenger section of course also while in motion the driver is protected by the windshield from the rare exhaust of the motor cars and two wheelers in front but polluted air enters the passenger section rendering it a concentrate of polluted bad air exactly 
and long durations of breathing polluted air is the reason for breathing discomfort and headaches many times exactly mamta ji and and one more thing there is that i would like to say here yeah. in this regard to any young family many of them are actually a family of a husband a wife and one or maybe two small children right firstly it is unsafe to carry babies in arms while riding a bike mm. to save a few rupees a few minutes young parents are putting their children's future at great risk right they might survive an accident but if the head injury is severe it is likely to render the child to live with a lifelong disability yeah. now coming back to the air pollution thing mm. yeah. the young couple often have a 4 or a 5 year old to stand in the front on a scooter or sit on the fuel tank of a motorcycle of course i've seen uh, but mamta hmm? besides it being an unsafe position what is not realized by them is that at that level the air from the vehicle in the front is very polluted and daily doses of such polluted air leads to irreversible state of asthma the child will have to suffer in its teenage and beyond if not earlier of course but subhash how do you know all this you seem to be like a google subhash mamta ji noise issue is a vast subject in itself i can only say that now that increasing motor cars on the roads the noise from the traffic is becoming a permanent health hazard just like the emissions from their exhausts our objective should be how to lessen the air and noise pollution emanating from the vehicles on the road um you know i believe driving takes more or less the same time in a given state of traffic congestion whether one does it with patience or impatience driving with impatience obviously leads to noise pollution it being prone to causing accidents and self exhaustion guys you know my brother got a motorcycle when he turned 18 and my father used to tell me that i won't get a bicycle even if i turn 13 is that so and i used to feel that my father was discriminating between both of us <laughs> he would talk of roads not being safe for cyclists but the reality is that there are more accidents involving motorcycles reported in the newspapers than those with bicycles true not because i used to envy dada like my brother but because roads are so unsafe for motorcyclists that my father should not have got him the motorcycle at first place yes you're right roads are unsafe for any two wheel rider be it a motorcycle or scooter or bicycle you know pune at one time known as bicycle city has become a city of motorized two wheelers oh yeah this has to do with aspirations of the owner and affordability and equally important of finding space to park almost everywhere mm. a small nudge by another vehicle can easily cause imbalance and the rider and the pillions can fall and get severely injured especially if head is not protected with the indiscipline of vehicles overtaking from the left the bicyclist is nearly invisible to the driver overtaking from the leftmost lane therefore a cyclist must necessarily wear helmet and a reflective jacket mm. and on the other hand motorcyclists take undue risks by squeezing in non-existing gaps to move faster than the average traffic speed one error by him and a motorist or a bus driver is good enough for him to be tossed on the path of a fast moving vehicles in the adjacent lane yes and when monsoon occurs 
When potholes appear, usually the four-wheel vehicle avoids it by letting it pass between the side wheels. And a motorcyclist riding closely behind the four-wheeler is taken by surprise. The sudden appearance of the pothole. He then either applies the brakes as suddenly or runs over the pothole. In either case, he gets imbalanced and sometimes even falls off onto the adjacent lane. Also, sometimes his sudden braking is not even noticed by the vehicle behind and he, poor fellow, gets hit by it. Oh yes, that happens. I see metro rail construction work has begun on the Western Express Highway. Oh. Yeah, some places it is on the edge of the service road, while at some other places it is on the median. Mm-hmm. It is taking away a lane of the highway. Is that so? Yeah, can you believe it? Hmm? It is said that these projects will get completed by 2021. As it is, all roads in Mumbai get clogged during peak hours of three and a half hours in the morning and in the evening as well. Mm, right. Very true. Mm. And one less lane will cause greater congestion, more inconvenience and much more delay. Right. I wonder uh. why does government executes thing in an unplanned manner? Look at how long it took to construct the 11 km of Varsova and Dheri Ghatkopar metro line. Look at the Dili Deling coastal road and the western ceiling. These projects do not appear to be for the majority of people who have been travelling in atrocious conditions of superbly crowded suburban railway. It is said that they plan to construct about 172 kilometers of metro rail network. At the rate at which the first line got constructed, it should take more than a hundred years, I feel. Oh, come on. And also, I get very angry with the priorities of these projects. I don't know just what to do with them. Yes, you're right. It is not that government does not plan. But as you said, it has got priorities all wrong. How? Growing cities need faster modes of mass transit, isn't it? Yes. Hence, suburban rail and metro rail has been conceived. Metro rail comes with modern technology but costs more. Hmm. While these projects are conceived, designed and executed by what they call special purpose vehicles or SPVs, the areas of interconnections with the other modes of travel and traffic on roads, including pedestrian requirements, are seldom looked into. True. Coastal road seems to have been opted for because the sea link would be twice its cost. But metro seems to have been opted for as against the bus rapid transit system despite the metro being 20 times costlier. But the important question is that if so much of money is going to be spent on Mumbai alone, can we expect much funds moving to projects in other cities? Have much due diligence been carried out by all the governments? No. I get the feeling that it has not been done yet. But then, what is the solution? Do we expect to see any improvement or not? How do we make government take correct decision? It is difficult to get the government to take the right decision. There are too many people who feel that the government knows the best and that the government's intention is noble. That is, because people do not know that there are alternatives available to government proposals. Very true, very true. Just to give an idea, I'll tell you this. The proposed 172-kilometre of metro rail at an average conservative rate of 600 crore per kilometre will cost about Rs. 1,3200 crores. Oh, mm. God. 
the needed overall hourly capacity of additional public transport in Mumbai is about 1,80,000 persons per hour today, which can be met with the 300 kilometers of BRTS in 5 to 8 years' time, while what is proposed for Metro is just about 1,8,000 PPH in 2031. Okay. Mm. But going by one line at a time approach to avoid road congestions, optimistically, it should not take less than 50 years. What? 50 years? The present government wants to show that it can perform the functional stretches by 2021 by opening up several construction fronts. Right. The question that no one seems to be asking or government telling the public is whether they do have the funds to cater to get these projects completed to provide the capacities. Yeah, that's the What point. happens if the government funds get diverted to other equally vital projects in other cities in the state and the country? After all, these cities too need to be developed. Definitely, That's right. definitely. At rupees 30 crore per kilometre rate for 300 kilometres of BRT system in Mumbai, the cost will be 9,000 crores. And the entire network could be put in place to required capacities by 2023 to 2025. Okay. It just has to be well planned and designed. Right. By putting BRT in place with adequate facilities to attract motor car users, roads will get significantly decongested. Advantage must be taken of taxi cab aggregators for last mile connectivity for some motor car users. Agree, I agree. Subhash, I'm not being pessimistic. I'm hopeful that the governments will give due importance to sea rise effect of global warming and climate change. It will convert the proposed coastal road project to coast protection project with additional land reclaimed for creating accessible open public space or gardens with tree. It will expeditiously take up the BRT system of mass transit, even as it is going ahead with the metro projects. Exactly. Mumbai cannot afford delays in mass transit projects for whatever reasons. Mumbai will give utmost importance to seamless walking and cycling infrastructure and not just concentrate on infrastructure for vehicular traffic. It requires strong will and good committed designers to begin with. Okay, so after this great discussion, just one last question for everyone. Yeah? Tell me what should be the closing slogan on this subject? Oh, it's so simple. In the era of climate change, prioritize walking, cycling and the BRT. Wow, that's so good. Clapping. <laughs> Life must go on. You were listening to the 47th episode of this science serial, produced by All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasad, titled Transport System in Big Cities. Coordinators were Dr. Chandar Mohan and Dr. B.K. Tyagi. Research and script Sudhir Badami. The episode was directed by Sudarshan Kumar. Presented by Dilip Jha. Recording and mixing Deeksha Sharma. And the participating artists were Nitin Bhaseen, Vaibhav Srivastava, Rakshit Thaplial, Vasundra Bose, 
प्रज्ञा झा तनवी खुराना एंड ममता मलकानी हे लिसनर्स प्लीज स्टे विद अस हियर आर टू क्वेश्चंस फॉर यू द लकी विनर विल गेट अट्रैक्टिव प्राइज फ्रॉम विज्ञान प्रसार द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन इज द नीडेड ओवरऑल आवरली कैपेसिटी ऑफ एडिशनल पब्लिक ट्रांसपोर्ट इन मुंबई इज हाउ मेनी पर्संस पर आवर टुडे एंड द सेकंड क्वेश्चन इज what fatal side effects does carbon monoxide have on a human body you can send in your answers by simple post our address is sign serial life must go on all india radio room number 615 new broadcasting house sunset mark new delhi 110001 You can also write on our email ID that is radio at the rate vigyanprasar.gov.in Please do write or mail us along with your full name age and profession If associated with any science club then do let us know the membership of your club If you have any query or question don't hesitate to write into us We will be back again with the next episode of this science serial life must go on same day same time next week till then goodbye